Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Are you looking for the world's coziest sweatshirt? You don't need to look any further than our happy hour shop. We found the most cozy sweatshirts, hoodies, camo shirts, and softest tees. Check out jamieivy.com slash store for all the happy hour goodies, apparel, jewelry, and of course, koozies. Oh, and my book as well. The book is called If You Only Knew. It's available in the store as well. And I can personalize it and sign it for whoever you want me to. Just visit jamieivy.com slash store. Happy Wednesday, you guys. What a fun week this has been. I'm working on a project right now with my friends over at If Gathering. I was on Hallmark Home and Family yesterday, and all week I've been on Better Together, where basically my television co-hosting dreams are coming true right before my eyes. Being a co-host with my friends over at Better Together was so much fun, and I'm super excited. They've invited me back to do it again. I'll let you know when I'm going to be on again, but I want to encourage you, go ahead and watch it every day this week while I'm on, and then continue to watch it. Check out the happy hour episode number 271 from last week where I talked to Laurie Crouch. We talk about the show and check out jamieivy.com to check out more ways to watch the show. Today on the happy hour, my guest is spunky, strong, and smart. It is Whitney Caps. Whitney and I first met at a Lifeway Women event a couple of years ago. And since then, I have been a big fan of Whitney Caps. She's one of the most gifted teachers that I've sat under. Her friendship is dear. To some of you regular happy hour listeners, Whitney may sound familiar, and that's because earlier in the fall, we promoted her curriculum group, The Simple Seminary. So many of you have joined. I've seen you talk about it on Instagram. You're loving the lessons that their teams are teaching and as we learn more about theology and God's word. Today on the show, Whitney and I start off talking about the importance of communion with God, looking to his spirit to convict us of sin and grow us in faith. Whitney encourages us in the importance of community and the local church, how the role of both in our lives can be used to spur us to love and know Jesus better. Get ready, my friends, because you're going to be encouraged, and you may want to grab a notebook because Whitney brings some big truth bombs that you might want to take notes on. I told you just a few seconds ago this has been a super fun week. Well, one of the most fun things happening this week is that our 2019 Holiday Gift Guide releases this Friday. It's true, you guys. This is hands down, my favorite show we do every single year. It is so much fun. And if you're noticing, we're releasing it a week early. So not on Black Friday because it's so late this year. So we wanna give you an opportunity to get started on that holiday shopping. Now, if you are a Patreon VIP member, you're gonna get the gift guide sneak peek on Thursday. And if you're a newsletter friend, you're gonna get all the details for the gift guide in your email on Friday morning. Do not miss out on opening that email to get the images and the links and the coupon codes and all the great products that we've curated for this year's gift guide. You're seriously going to love it. Details to join our mailing list and our Patreon party can be found at jamieivy.com. Okay, friends, here is my conversation with my dear sweet friend, Whitney Caps. 
Hey, Whitney, welcome to the happy hour. Jamie, I'm I'm giddy. Like, I'm obnoxiously giddy. So thank you for having me. I'm you super pumped. You don't seem obnoxious su- about well, anything. That's really, uh, then good. I'm internalizing it really well then. Thanks for that. But I'm so excited. It was it was fun coming out here. Like, I can't, and I say so when I came in, there are a lot of really amazing people who have sat in these chairs. You That's included. really rad, yes. friend. That's really rad. Like, do you ever sit back? Like, do you sit back and be like, this is awesome. I, I, I get I get to talk to the coolest people and they're like my friends. This is the coolest job I could have ever imagined. Yeah. Well, and you're great at it, which well, is thank really you. fun. Thank you. People don't just come sit in this chair just because. You're so sweet. Thank you. I do oftentimes, especially when we're recording this, we just came off of the Happy Hour Live weekend. And so those weekends kind of shift me back to why we do this. Yeah. Because you know, you've done radio mm-hmm. and even writing a book, mm-hmm. it feels like you're just... You don't see your people right in front right. of you right now. Like everyone that's listening to this right now, we're just recording it. There's just four girls mm-hmm. sitting in a room. Mm-hmm. So I don't see that. So when we have these events, mm-hmm. it's when I go, wow. There really are people on yeah, the other side. Of and the yeah. I have these moments where I go, God, I don't understand how, mm-hmm. but you get to use like a podcast mm-hmm. for me to encourage women and for people to know you more. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. It is crazy. I do think it's crazy, but I also think it requires an incredible amount of fidelity and stewardship, which you have done exceptionally well. But I say often, there is literally no excuse for a woman who has a dream in her heart to serve the kingdom to not be effective, because we have more resources and tools at our disposal than any generation in human history. And so if you're sitting there listening and thinking, man, I'd love to do that, like do it. Absolutely do it. You're speaking my—this is my same— message for women. And I mean, I remember when I was interviewing Beth Moore, not to name drop or anything. <laughs> oh, I think you should hundo P name drop. It was yeah. so fun to interview Beth for a couple of reasons. Number one, I like the Holy Spirit moved in my heart mm-hmm. and through a Beth teaching. So that was cool in itself. Mm-hmm. But one of the things she said to me that I have never forgotten and that I say often, and it goes along with what you're just talking about is she said, Jamie, how cool is it that 20 years ago, what you're doing didn't even exist? That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I look at our kids' generation. Yeah. You know, how old are your kids? Mine are 11 to 15. Okay, my oldest so, is 14. My youngest is seven. He'll so, be eight in December. So I look Same at gap. our kids, that generation, and go, there's mm-hmm. no way you can even know That's right. what you can do mm-hmm. for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Of our kids, your four kids, my four kids, mm-hmm. one of them could be doing a job that doesn't even exist today. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. I was. It's funny that you say that. I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and they were talking about the Gutenberg printing press and what that changed in terms of the ability for us to hold God's word in our hands. And Mm. that's really an inflection point when you think about spiritual growth and revival. And I thought, you know, I think for us, and I say our generation, you and I are pretty close to the same age. I think the iPhone is going to be akin to that because it, it now isn't just that you can hold God's word in your hand, but you can literally have it on your person almost 24 seven. And so we have unprecedented access to God's word. And not only that, but really incredibly wise people who will then tell us how to read, interpret, and study God's word. Yeah. It's just, man, an embarrassment of riches for people who want to know and follow God. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I mean, in the internet in itself, I mean, how long has the internet totally. been around, you guys? I don't know, but I remember AOL. So, so when I was in high school, we had this ginormous computer. Yep. And then we had these floppy disks that we could put in that were like the encyclopedia. Yep. Anyone else? Y'all yeah. remember oh, this no. at all? Yeah. No, they don't. They're too young. <laughs> so I do. You would put this in and then you would like scroll through what you mm-hmm. wanted to. Mm-hmm. And then I mean, we got, we got email mm-hmm. and I shared an email with my mom. I yep. think she still has the same email address, but yeah. <laughs> I shared an email with my mom. Mm-hmm. 
that crazy? <laughs> it is crazy. And then when I went to <laughs> all of you young people are listening, you're like, y'all sound like my mom. Well, we could the dark be. Ages. So yeah. yeah. When I went to college, I had an email address and I remember that's how I communicate with my parents all the time. I'd like write them emails and I thought, this is crazy. Yep. And my mom would say, pick up the phone and call me. Mm. Yeah, I know. It really is insane how much has changed in such short time. So I think you're right to already be forecasting about what our kids will experience and how different it it will be for sure. Even what it's done, not even like we were speaking of women, which I'd love to talk about some more with you for sure, but even what on this same topic of what it's done for um, like getting God's word to the nations and yes. getting God's word to unreached people groups yes. who even just like, maybe they not have internet access, mm-hmm. but getting stuff printed in their native their language. language. Yes. I heard a statistic that they were saying within, I think the next five years, we will have the Bible at least available in every language and every people group within five years. Now, I don't remember who it was, but I think about that and I, I, I am not a, um, I love Revelation. It's one of my favorite books of the Bible. Um, but I do think when the, when the Bible talks about things that must soon take place, it's been true for every generation that we are closer for sure. than we've ever been. But when we talk about things like that, but the, the fact that the gospel soon through technology and, and the gift of His Holy Spirit can actually permeate people groups, I think we're moving towards some of those things that I'm like, it could be exciting. Things could start to shift pretty it's dramatically. Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And to even think, I mean, just what we were talking about earlier, that like our kids' generation is going to be a big part of that. Mm-hmm. I'm exciting. Okay. So let's talk about this with women. Yeah. Oh, I say this all the time, Whitney. Here we go. This is a soapbox I can get on. I love okay? it. I'm about to get on Hop it. on there. I see that we have more opportunity right now than we've ever had. Mm-hmm more ways to use your gifts and talents mm-hmm. for the Lord than there ever have been before. And probably every generation says this, so we can say it too. Here's what I see the happening though. I see two different things with women. Number one, they have gifts and talents and they don't use them. Right. Because they think lots of different things could like, mm-hmm. I'm not qualified or I'm quote unquote, just a mom, mm-hmm. or I'll do this when I get married, or I'm only a college kid, <laughs> sure. whatever it might be. Yeah. Okay. So they have them, they don't use them. Mm-hmm. And then there's some women, there's a third group too, of people who are doing what God called them to do. But third group, I mean, second group where I see women going, I think I have some, but I wish I was more like Whitney. If mm-hmm. I was more like Whitney, then I could do something that mattered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, 100%. Yeah. And it's, uh, um, I'm sure you experienced this too. And let's just say, I love when women will come up and speak to me at an event. Um, I'm super grateful for that. It still feels weird. Because the thing I want to say to everybody is you guys, I, like I am shockingly average. Like sh- shockingly average. I think people think there's a really far gap between where they are and where I am. And there's really not. No. It's, it's not a big gap. Yeah. Um, I think the difference is um, probably in my naivete, I think you started pretty young. I did too. Um, I think there was a benefit that when I jumped into ministry, I wasn't watching other women do it on my phone we every didn't do single that. day. I, did, I, I didn't have this context for what it could look like. I mean, really, my only context was Kay Arthur and Beth. That, you know, me too. That was we were the same age. Yeah. And so I thought, you know, I'm not going to be either of those people, but I didn't have anybody else to compare it to. So I didn't feel this overwhelming sense of mm-hmm. a lack of kind of capability. But what I want to say to women is— um, and I've heard you talk about this before, and it's one of my favorite things, but that we should not have a scarcity mindset because we're we're not peddling mere products. What we're peddling is the gospel. And there's an infinite opportunity for the gospel to go out. And the good news is this product that we're talking about, it doesn't expire. And so when you're thinking about reaching the lost or communicating truth, 
people don't just need it one time. They don't just just buy a car right. and then the rest of you are out of luck if you're a uh-huh. car salesman kind of. We are constantly hearing gospel messages that are being received by us and used by the Holy Spirit to move us further in the process of sanctification. And every woman who communicates it differently but is still faithful to the truth, the Holy Spirit uses in different ways yeah. and different inputs for different people. And so if we just reframe that, man, how fortunate to be called to serve in an area where the opportunity is literally limitless. Yeah. I think we would feel like, man, I got I to gotta be a part of that. Yeah. Like, it's uh, it's such a gift. And yeah. you talked about this, that the pie expands. Yeah. You know, it's not cut up into smaller totally. pieces, that the piece gets bigger. Yeah. And I totally agree with you. I think, too, you know, there's that idea of if I could be more like Whitney or if I could be more like this. But I think what's really, really what I'm grateful for in my life is that what you see publicly is not it's not the only ministry that happens. Yeah. You know, I wish there was more, but just my job causes me to leave sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I've said this on here before, man, I don't get to go into the jail very often anymore because of mm-hmm. travel and time. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite thing I did for three years. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing I do now is Wednesday morning Bible sit in my house mm-hmm. with friends from my area. Yeah. And that is what I just want. What is your gifting? I have a gifting of welcoming people into my home. Absolutely. And so I'm going to use that for the gospel. 100%. Um, And I want women to see what is the ways that God has gifted me and then how can I use that for the gospel? And I would say to women, if you're struggling to feel like that has a place, it has a purpose and that it's seen, I would encourage you to put down social media for 30 days, serve your heart out and see if you find that the thing that was making you feel like that wasn't valuable was the fact that you were comparing it to other people's highlight reel. Mm. And so set down social media, serve your heart out, whether that's rocking babies on a Sunday morning or directing traffic when visitors come into your church or hosting the youth every Thursday night in your home. Do that without thinking about is this Instagram worthy? Do I, am I going to be able to caption this? Are so people good. Get, like because I think nobody means to, but man, we're just so programmed for sure to think about it in that way. And I have done a lot of things wrong in ministry. There's a long list, and so if you want to feel better about yourself, I'm happy to tell you all the things I did wrong. But I do know that the one thing I did well over the last 15 years was that I loved my local church well. And I served my local church well and still do. And I would say that that was the place that God grew me most, not on the platforms, not on the stages, not on the things that had a lot of followers, but it was in the hard places with six women on a random Sunday at four o'clock that He prepared me to do ministry. Because if you won't do it for four, you won't find satisfaction in doing it for 4,000. Of course you will not. Mm -hmm. People will come to me and be like, hey, I want to write a Bible study. And I'll say, awesome. Where are you teaching? Well, nobody, but I want to write one Mm -hmm. for with Lifeway. I'm like, well, you should teach people. Yeah. Teach people. Absolutely. Have you done the social media break? I did. Um, And this is funny. So I did a social media break while I was writing my book. I, I had to step away because I don't know if you ever struggle with this. And it's its own form of pride and its own form of comparison. I know this about you, and I mean this genuinely. I love the women that we get to do ministry with. 100%. Like, I, I genuinely love them. So it's not a sense of competitiveness that... I want what they have. It's that I believe they're so good at what they're doing. For sure. That I do, I'm not necessary. Yeah. And so for a long time, I had to I had to shut off social media because I think, God, you, listen, somebody else is saying a version of this that's really great. It's not that I'm writing this because nobody said it. And if I'm honest, they probably said it better. But I, I had to believe, and this was why I had to get off social media. I was writing my book because it was an act of obedience. And if nobody ever read it, if I didn't write it, 
I was being disobedient to the Lord, but I had to come off of social media to not constantly have that kind of dialogue in my mind of, she does it better. She's already saying this. She's really smarter than you are. And she has a massive following already. You know, those types of lies. And it was super helpful for me. Um, I think I was more productive when I wasn't constantly having to edit my inner critic. Yeah. I took a social media break for Lent. Mm. And I can't remember how, I'm I'm certain I've talked about this on here before, but I can't remember exactly how it happened, except for Lent snuck up on me. I'm like, oh, oh, oh my (laughs) gosh, here we are. And I remember thinking, okay, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to mm-hmm. have an act of discipline. I think I'm going to give up something like, mm-hmm. God, what should I give up? Mm-hmm. Hoping he'd say like Diet Coke or something. Right. I don't drink that much Diet Coke. It's like every once in a while. Mm-hmm. I drink Diet Coke when I'm like stressed out. There you go. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I had yeah. seven today. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I don't drink that much Diet Coke. So mm-hmm. I was hoping he'd be like, soda. let's do that one. I'm in God. And I really felt like he told me to give up social media, mm-hmm. uh, Instagram in particular. Mm-hmm. I don't like the other ones at all. Like I mm-hmm. care less about mm-hmm. Facebook and Twitter. Um, and I was like, ah, I kind of need it for a job. Mm-hmm. That, that's like my go-to. Like, yeah. Ugh. It's part of my profession. It's mm-hmm. part of my job. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I interact with um, listeners. And that's right. He, did, he didn't care if that was part of my job or not. So he mm-hmm. was pretty adamant that I give it up. And so I did. And for me, I, I so I still posted on a, on a third-party site, whatever. I took it, the app off my phone. I just felt like I could think more. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't struggle as much anymore with what you just listed. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I never have. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying mm-hmm. everyone has yeah. their thing. I feel like I could, like my brain, mm-hmm. because I would find myself at a stoplight. Yeah. Turn Instagram on. Yeah. The white noise went away. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm on a break right now as well. I love it. Mm-hmm. And I think anytime we feel those promptings of the Holy Spirit, one, I agree with you. It's best not to argue with him because he's super bossy. You know, so, like, if, come on, dude. That, he's going to tell you. Yeah. Um, but I think it is good to force ourselves into quiet places. Um, I think one of the great disciplines that we've lost in contemporary Christianity is the discipline of silence and solitude, which is a, a part of fasting that we miss. But silence and solitude is an actual discipline that we saw Jesus practice regularly. And we just, one, we don't carve out places for silence. Um, but people ask me often, how do I hear the Holy Spirit? And I always say, ask Him to convict you of sin. It's a prayer that He always answers. Mm. And that voice, that sense that you feel is the Holy Spirit. And so learn to respond. That's the Holy Spirit. But the second thing I say is, are you ever quiet? Because we kind of expect the Holy Spirit to shout. And can He? 100%. But I also think He wants to speak to us and be invited into the quiet places. And I don't know that we've done that. Donald Whitney wrote a great book called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, and he has a whole chapter on silence and solitude. And if you've never read that book, it's brilliant. How do you practice that? How do I practice silence? Well, that's not a super hard one for me, one, because I'm an introvert. And so I love what we get to do. You're an love introvert. It, love it. Yes. I an, would not have n- ever nobody thought knows that it. about you. Nobody knows it. I'm an extrovert until I can't anymore. And then when I can't, um, regularly, like probably at least once, maybe twice a week, I go to my favorite Mexican joint and have lunch all by myself, and I just read a book. Really? And it's like— I have that friends who are like, I'm up. so sad for you. And I was like, please don't be sad for me. No. I'm not sad for me. Yeah. I am so excited about my quiet place. Um, because I don't know if this is true for you. My when, when I'm alone with the Lord and doing Bible study, it's not real quiet because I, I have lots of questions and I'm, I'm taking notes and I'm thinking and all of that. So for me to get alone and just read something that somebody's written about the Lord or to just listen to music— uh, but not be on my phone is one of the ways I'm, I make myself do it. Same restaurant? 
It's usually the same restaurant. Okay. Yeah, it's in Athens. It's called Taki or Tsunami. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. They know me there. Yeah. And um, anyway, it's great. It's one of what my favorite solitude? things to do. Do you go away by yourself ever? Um, I, 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 well, in our job, we travel a lot. Yeah. And so I'm regularly by myself. And people will say, do you want us to send you a driver? I'm like, listen, I'm happy to rent a car and drive myself. For me, it's a great way to charge up for what I'm going to do in ministry. And so if anybody's listening to this, like, Knowing that I'm an introvert, don't ever feel bad. I love what I get to do. I would have never thought you but were an introvert. But I also need the bookends of quiet yeah. time to be like, okay, I'm ready to re-enter life for a little while. Mm-hmm. I um, think that I am, can you be both? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I think that's, and, and I would have never said I was both until I started doing what I do now. Mm-hmm. And do you think motherhood changed you too? Like my introvertedness was less pronounced before I was a mom. And then once I became a mom, I was like, oh, my body and my mind needs some quiet space. I don't know if you think You know, I remember when my kids came home from Haiti, I was still running at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember days Aaron would come home from work and I would have been mothering four mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, I got to go for a run. Mm-hmm. And those, I mean, I have so many memories down at Town Lake in Austin of running and running and mm-hmm. running. And I loved running, but it was such a fill for me yeah. to be myself and move my body. Like that's right. something that fills me up. Um, so Rebecca Lyons was on here a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about um, rest and solitude. And I mm-hmm. said, one of my favorite things now to do is to go for walks in my neighborhood. Yeah, And it really kind of centers me a little bit and I can tell it feels just quiet, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it doesn't always feel like that at yeah. home, like you said. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's true. And, and let me just say, if, if anybody was curious, the difference between Jamie and Whitney, it's that Jamie goes for a walk <laughs> to get alone and Whitney goes to eat to queso and guac. Well, listen, let me just say, no truer words have ever been said about me. Let me tell me. you, yeah. I have a favorite Mexican restaurant as well that I would <laughs> okay. love to go to twice a week. <laughs> but it's really yeah. easy just to walk in my neighborhood <laughs> if I want, and take my dogs for go. a walk. Yeah. Um, but I think that those that discipline is mm-hmm. a really difficult one in 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think you fall into that discipline. Like most disciplines. Exactly. You don't just suddenly that's develop this. Get, that's exactly right. So it is being intentional and carving out time and space where you are silent or alone and give the Lord the floor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. I have been with you when you've been teaching mm-hmm. three times now. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Two or three times. times. Mm-hmm. I was just with you this summer mm-hmm. at the Lifeway Women. And um, I told you it was probably, I mean, granted, I know I've only heard you speak two or three times, but again, you did such a great job. Thanks, and I know it's a lot of this message in your book, Sick of Me, which came out mm-hmm. this past spring. Am I right about that? Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to talk through that with you because I think that mm-hmm. what you were speaking about there at that conference and mm-hmm. what you write about in this book is a phenomenon that I see as well. Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in women being vulnerable. Absolutely. Yeah. You are as well. And I always say that to be vulnerable just for vulnerability's sake does nothing for mm-hmm. us. It mm-hmm. doesn't push us toward the Lord. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And you have the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So I want to talk about how do we be vulnerable yeah. that matters. Yeah. Well, one, I think it's first what you just said, which is I can't trade vulnerability as currency. That's what not, do you mean not, when you say? Well, um, one of the things, and this is part of where I started to see not only this habit, but kind of this condition, and it was evidenced in my small group at church. And so um, we've been doing small group for 15 years, pretty much the same group of people for 15 years. Wow. So I would show up on a Thursday night, sit down and be like, you guys, I lost my junk again. And I 
wasn't thoughtful and I let my mouth get the better of me. And I'm so frustrated that I did this thing that y'all know I've been talking about for months, if not years. And one of my girlfriends would jump in and be like, well, listen, friend, this is a grace place. We've all been there. There's no need to feel guilty about that. And I would leave and I would feel very cathartic. And that was it. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. And it it feels good because I just, you know, I kind of threw up on everybody. She made me feel better and it was cathartic, but it didn't produce change. And I wonder if often on Thursday nights, the Holy Spirit was sitting among us going, no, 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 do not let her off the hook. What she's feeling is conviction and people cannot undo conviction for you. Mm. In my mind, if the first person that I confess to is a person and not the Holy Spirit, what I'm asking for is your affirmation rather than your accountability. Okay, let's stop here and digest what you just said. Okay. The first person you confess to need not be a human. Right. Okay. So if if I, because then I think I'm doing exactly what you just said. I'm wearing my vulnerability as a badge to make you like me better oh. or to make me feel better about myself. Look, I can be open with all my that's stuff. That's right. And that's not the purpose of conviction. Now, I don't think we should walk in shame And I think we should share with our community so that they can sense in us, are you walking in condemnation or are you sensing conviction? And those are vastly different. But I cannot let you relieve me of the sense of conviction because the Holy Spirit wants to do something inside of me with that feeling. And it's not make me feel better. It's actually make me be better. Right. And I think we have started to wear transparency and authenticity and being real and being broken as kind of these currencies in community. And that's not the end game. And part of it is because we don't understand that community is not designed merely that Whitney and Jamie feel closer to one another. Biblical community was designed that you and I feel closer to Jesus. That's good. And you're going to help me look and live and love more like Jesus. And I'm going to do the same for you. In the process, I think you and I get closer. For sure. But my end game is not to like Jamie better and for Jamie to like me better. The end game is for you to help me live and look and love more like Jesus. But we just kind of missed it. And so let me, vulnerability, transparency, authenticity, they are virtues. We are just stopping short. Yeah. We're just stopping short. And so I think the Holy Spirit was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I I actually had more to do with that feeling. And you you just kind of short-circuited So what would have been the better thing to happen? Yeah, which has happened in my group. So here's a, for instance, one of the girls that's in my group, um, she knows me really well, knows my husband really well, and Chad and I love each other. We're made for each other, but we are polar opposites. And you will see that most show up on Sunday mornings. So I I loathe being late, hate it. Like it it makes me physically uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And, And on time to me is 10 minutes early. Okay. On time to Chad is within five minutes late. I'm with Chad, but so we're you cool. can imagine mm-hmm. kind of the chaos yes. that that creates on yes. a Sunday morning. And we had kind of had it out, if I'm honest. We just we'd had a moment in the car, and it kind of bled over into the parking lot. And if I'm on, had other people been around, I would have edited it right because I can play a Sunday morning church girl with the best of okay. them, like Oscar worthy. Uh huh. But she happened to catch that spillover in the parking lot, and after church, she came and she was like, "Hey, that was not." the Christ version of Whitney. Uh-oh. And here's what here's what I love about this friend. And, and I think good friendships don't want us to see the best version of ourselves because that's not the gospel. The gospel is actually for Whitney to be crucified and for Christ to live in me. Right. And that's what she said. That was not the best Christ version of you. And I know that's not who you are on the inside. And I think it was disrespectful to Chad. Now, do, now, not, what, I'm, do not think that I was like, oh, Thank you so much. Yeah, what was I the flesh version that? of Whitney thinking? Uh, oh, I was like, are you 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 have no idea what led up to that. Now the the grace of the Holy Spirit and the Lord was that we were literally walking into worship. So I didn't have time to sit, to tell my side of the story. So I had to go in and sit with her, and she was very gentle. 
but she was very fair. And so I had to sit with that throughout morning worship. Oh. And at the end of which I had to go and say, hey, I'm not going to lie and pretend like that didn't hurt, but thank you for that because you're right. And and I needed to hear that. That That's biblical community. Now, I'm not saying every person in for your sure. world gets to speak that into you. Exactly, but yeah. I think that's the right place for us to be vulnerable, yeah. authentic, yeah. transparent. And man, I'd like to be a part of a community that said, listen, I, I don't want you to feel better about yourself. I want you to actually be better, to be better. That's good. And so it's just kind of embracing that that's the call of the gospel. Yeah. It's not that we just all share our junk and leave, but that we let the Holy Spirit go through the work of sanctifying us. And what's in what the book really talks about is what sanctification is, because I realized I didn't know it. I mean, like I knew, like I'd heard the word. Yeah. So if you asked me, I'd be like, oh yeah, totally. But I couldn't have explained what it was. And so the book is talking about how does God do that? What does that look like? And then how does that kind of live within the context of community? Yeah. And how do we help each other there? Okay, friends, I know you're loving my conversation with Whitney, but I want to pause for a second in the middle of the show to thank our sponsors who make the happy hour possible. Today's show is sponsored by Third Love. Third Love designs bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. Is it too much to tell you that I'm wearing a Third Love bra right now? Well, the odds are always in my favor because I love these bras. They're lightweight. They're made from super thin memory foam cups that mold to your shape. Every customer has 60 days to put their bra to the test. This is one of my favorite things about them. So you have 60 days. You can wear it and wash it and do all kinds of things in it, work out in it, whatever you want to do in it. And if you don't love it, return it. And Third Love's going to wash it and donate it to a woman in need, supporting charities in their local San Francisco Bay Area and across the United States. I've been wearing Third Love for over three years, and I continue to be surprised by how comfortable the fit is. The straps don't slip, there's no itchy tag label, and they're lightweight, super thin memory foam cups are super comfortable. You guys, it really is the perfect bra that regularly I forget I even have it on. It's that comfortable. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so they're offering all of my listeners, that's you guys, 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash Jamie right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. And guys, they want you to love it. They give you 60 days. That's thirdlove.com slash Jamie for 15% off today. Today's show is sponsored by Rothy's. Do you want to look stylish and feel comfortable all through the holidays? Yes, I do. I'm raising my hand. Rothy's is the company making beautiful shoes for women and kids out of plastic water bottles. It's not a joke, you guys. They're the perfect flats for the hustle and bustle of the holiday season. Plus, they're sustainable and, drumroll, the best part about them, they're machine washable. You guys know that I've mentioned how much I like my Rothy's. I have a pair of the Scooter Red Flats, but they have this added design detail across the toe. I don't think you can get them anymore because that's how they roll at Rothy's is they're constantly releasing new designs. My shoes and all of their shoes are perfect for the holiday season, and mine personally can be dressed up or dressed down. I love how they're constantly launching new styles, so every time you go look, you're going to find a new pair that you love. And I told you already, I love because when you get them dirty, you throw them in the washing machine. This is a life hack for you. My shoes you can wash, my friends. Rothy's comes in a range of styles like sneakers, loafers, points, and ever-changing array of colors, prints, and patterns. Keep an eye out for the holiday colorway, which is launching this season. Perfect for the woman in your life who is always on the go and loves a good balance of fashion and function. 
Plus, Rothy's always comes with free shipping and free returns and exchanges, no risk, no worries, and no reason not to buy. Check out all the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com slash Ivy. That's my last name, I-V-E-Y. Go to rothys, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash Ivy to get your new favorite flats in time for the holidays. Comfort, style, and sustainability. These are the shoes you've been waiting for. Go to rothys.com slash Ivy today. Well, so tell me this because I know people are listening either going, yes, I agree, yeah, yeah, or... That scares the crap out of me oh, to have someone up in my business. Yes. Yeah. And so I I always say that I'll make it to the end still loving Jesus, A, number one, by his Holy Spirit, but B, by his word in my community. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say this too. There is this sense of there are a few people that get to really speak into my life yes. like that. And there are some that I'm like, you, you haven't been invited into that. Mm-hmm. How do you build that sort of community where there is this equal understanding? Because what I'm hearing from your story, what was her name? Do you want to say her name? Yeah. Yeah. Her name was Ashley. So Ashley Mm -hmm. comes up to you. Mm -hmm. There had to have been some kind of groundwork that you were open, even if you didn't like it, Mm -hmm. that you were open to Ashley saying that. Had that been Janice that you just knew from school? Yep. It's a different story, Mm -hmm. right? Am I I right? I probably would have thrown throat punched her. But, okay. So you know, that's not tell me how Jesus you response. and Ashley built that yeah. to where there was this equal opportunity for you both to speak mm-hmm. in each other's life like yeah. that. And I don't have, let me say, I don't have that with everybody for sure. that I go to church with. But one of the reasons I think we're finding that our relationships feel shallow is because we are not investing deeply in our local church community. Mm. And so I, we we have been in church together for 19 years. And so I know her. Yeah. Like, know her, uh-huh. walk yeah. through some of the hardest parts of her life with her and vice versa. And so um, I also know the quality of what Jesus is doing inside of her so that when she says to me, hey, not only do I know you, I know that's not what Jesus wants for you. I trust her because I know she knows what Jesus wants because she's in his word. But the reason I know that about her is because I have spent a lot of time with my church family and in that context. Now, if you've not been in church a long time, I would not say to you that you can't have very quick, very deep relationships. But if you tend to find that you are hopping into and out of church, Mm -hmm. I would say to you, that's a really hard thing to find. Yeah, It can be really, really hard Mm -hmm. because we need some spiritual investment to say, hey, I'm inviting you into this space. I think you said something too that's really important that you knew Ashley's state with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I think that's important because I have women in my life who could speak this truth into me as well. Um, and the reason that I would trust them is A, because we've built the groundwork mm-hmm. and also B, because I know that they listen to God. Yeah. 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 And it's not just a like, hey, Whitney, get yourself together. Mm-hmm. I don't like what I saw, but it is the movement of the Holy Spirit. That's right. In their life, so that you can go, whatever you say, I'm going to listen because mm-hmm. I think that you are also I may walking not love in the it, Spirit. Yeah. But I will listen. Yeah. I want to say too to all of us who are listening to this and going, oh my goodness, I really would love to have somebody in my life who would do that for me. Let me say to myself, to you, to all of us listening is we also have to be okay to be that woman. Right. And that's a hard thing to be too. Um, We talk about this in the book, vulnerability and transparency and authenticity can't be merely sharing all the junk. Vulnerability also has to be, and you see this a lot in the in the New Testament, particularly in the way that Paul writes. Paul would regularly talk about all of his struggles, but then Paul was the guy who would also say, but look at my life. Look at what the gospel does. 
And I would love for us to be unleashed women who would say, oh, I'm not perfect. I, I can give you a list of 37 ways I've jacked it up since Monday. But woman who is a little bit younger than me, or maybe woman who's a little bit older than me, this I am better at because of the gospel. Not perfect, but I am better. Yeah. And so I'm calling you to mm-hmm. be better, not in your own self-effort and not because I did it in my self-effort, but because the gospel actually works. Yeah. And I think that would create community for women, to be in community with somebody who goes, listen, I'm not perfect, but you guys, I'm living it out. The gospel, this thing that Jesus died for and that we've given our lives to, it actually works. It actually works. Mm-hmm. It actually works. And it's really cool when you get to see those lights go off in people's head. Yes. Of like, oh, this yeah. actually really does work. I I love Paul as well. And one of the things I love about him, that's how he starts a lot of his letters is, hey, remember who I am? I'm the one that we used to persecute Christians. Mm-hmm. Remember this? You probably heard about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's what I used mm-hmm. to do. And then he'll say, and then by God revealing his son to me, mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. he knew before time. And then my favorite part, it goes on. I think that's Galatians where he does that. And then at the very end, he says, um, and they glorified God because of me. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big believer that our stories matter. That's right. And one of the ways that we get to do is say, here's where I've been. Mm-hmm. God met me. Here's where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And then we also get to say, here's how I'm struggling still. Here's what God's doing. Mm-hmm. And then people are saying, oh, we're going to glorify God because of what He's done in your life. I think one of the greatest lies that women in our generation have bought from the devil is that if we talk about the good that is happening, people will believe that we are self-absorbed or prideful. And so we've silenced the part of us that really is intended to give God glory. So rather than say, hey, you know what? My marriage is actually better than it was this time last year because I'm so afraid that a woman will be like, oh my gosh, she's so full of herself. Always she thinks she's about, perfect. Uh-huh. She's what, And I actually don't think women would do that. I think we think they would. Mm-hmm. But I think most women, most women would be like, I'm actually really encouraged by that. Yeah, I'm really encouraged that because you're seeing progress in your marriage, maybe I don't have to stay stuck either. I think there has been a, a couple of really popular books that have come out by an author that has championed that your life can be better. You don't have to stay stuck, that you can kind of create this future and step into what is destined for you. I think there's really good news in that for the church because the massive popularity of that tells us that women want to hear people say, this is my story and this can be your experience too. The difference is you and I are the only people who actually have the good news that sustains that kind of enthusiasm, that kind of meaningful, eternal success. Mm -hmm. Because our shoulders were never meant to carry that weight, but we are the women who are the ambassadors of the gospel to say, hey, you actually want to see life change? Yeah, you can look at my life. Uh Yes, I can stand on a stage and tell you this works. And so you can watch me live my life. And the difference in whatever, I have no idea what books you're alluding to, but books like that, Mm -hmm. there is no Jesus. That's right. It is, look how awesome my life is because Mm -hmm. of all the awesome things I've done to make it this way. That's right. And I could actually write a book that says, look at all the awful things I've done. That's right. And my life still is this way because of Jesus. That's right. I am not the victor of my story. I'm not the hero. I'm the villain without question. And I don't know that we hear that very often, but can I still be the villain and say, but God? Uh, I, that's the, without This question. is the gospel. That's right. This is the gospel, mm-hmm. which I think that people are longing to hear. Yeah. Look at what God has done mm-hmm. in my life. And really, 
That version of self-help, that bootstrapping, we think it brings freedom, but really it brings bondage. Ooh, tell me more. Because we think that if we work hard enough, eventually we're going to have this kind of freedom to have the success that whatever it is that we always want, that will bring bondage every time. Hustle will never take you further than the hand of God will get you, mm. ever. And what you're going to find— Write that down, ladies. Is Can you say it again? Hustle, hustle will never take you further than the hand of God will take you, ever. Because then you, you're on the rabbit, the hamster yeah, wheel. You've yeah. got to keep churning that thing out. Whereas when we are submitted to holiness and not self-help, sanctification and not self-help, we'll begin to see that what He is doing in us actually makes me more like Jesus. Doesn't mean my life gets easier. Does not mean my life gets easier. But it does mean that I am not carrying the burden of making that future happen for myself. And that's real freedom. That is. And so how do we... I'm asking for a friend. How do we work hard? I like to work hard. Oh, yeah. Oh, shoot. I'm a to-do list girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it makes me happy. How do we work hard mm-hmm. and hustle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But knowing the whole time that it's yeah, not yeah. our good works that produce any fruit. That's and right. It's the work of the Lord. Where, where, how, what keeps you in check with that? Okay, well, let me, I'm 100% not a let go and let God girl. That's not biblical. Uh-huh. Nowhere is that in yeah. scripture. Let go and let God just gonna do. I'm not saying that. Right. I think the difference for me is, and this is where a type A-er, a to-do list girl, we're like, well, just tell me what to do. And I, I'm gonna spoil the lead. I can't tell you what to do or what not to do. Because after the process of writing Sick of Me, I think a lot of my friends would look at my life and say that the external stuff looks really similar. But I can tell you that now my motivation is vastly different. So it's not that the things that I was doing weren't working or weren't good. So when I was reading my Bible and mostly completing the workbooks and Bible studies, (laughs) I could leave some blanks here and there, and I'm a classic starter and not finisher— going to church and signing up for the committees and all, I'm still doing those things. It's a matter of your heart. But the difference is the motivation is just vastly different. And I can say, Lord, I'm not doing this to manipulate you. I'm not, I'm not trying to earn something. I'm not trying to get you to do something or show up in a specific way. I'm not even doing it for fruit in my own life, which was also a trap I fell into. I'd like to be more patient, so I'm going to do this. Uh-huh. Or I want to make sure that my boys are good and obedient and look nice and shiny to everybody else, so I'm going to do this. I can say now, I just want to be more holy. I genuinely just want to be more holy. And that may mean my life gets harder. It may mean that the asks of the Holy Spirit get way more uncomfortable for me. But I really can say now, look at my life. I just want to be more holy. That's it. So you're saying the life on the outside doesn't look that different. I don't think so. I think most of my friends would say, I think it looks the same. It's the motivation of the heart. But I will say this. One of the ways I talk about, if you you know if you've, if you've traded self-help for sanctification and you're now leaning into self-help, self-help pr- produces frustration, sanctification produces fruit. And while I was doing things thinking it would do, it would create fruit, one, we can't do that. That's, that's the Holy Spirit alone does that. But I was doing things that I thought was going to create fruit when really all it did was breed frustration. Well, if you look at your spiritual life and you experience more frustration than you do fruit, you may have slipped into self-help. And that, I will say, the abide chapter, that's it. That's the sweet spot. And here's where it gets really wonky. We are people who, just give me a list. Just tell me what to do. Oh, 100%. Abiding is so organic, it cannot be put in a category. It's being. And it's not defined by activity. It's not defined by discipline. It's not defined by self-effort. It is sustained and grown and 
organic because of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I remember I did a study one time on John 15 about, you know, where Jesus is saying, I'm, I'm the vine, abide in me, produce much fruit. And one of the things that I really learned during that is that the command is not for us to bear much fruit. Mm-hmm. The command is for us to abide. That's right. And this is exactly what you're talking about, mm-hmm. is the fruit, it could look the exact same. Mm-hmm. Like you could be chasing fruit, mm-hmm. but that's not what God asks mm-hmm. you to do. Mm-hmm. He asks you to abide. Yeah. I joke a lot of times, I have this bowl of fruit in on in my kitchen and it's all wax. It's plastic. Um, that was the kind of fruit I produced. It was fake. Fake fruit. It looked good, man. Like you could look at it and be like, that looks so great. I cannot produce real fruit. I can produce fake kind all day long. I'm actually quite good at it, if I'm honest with you. And maybe to the to the regular that's eye, right, it would look the right. exact same. But it doesn't it's not it doesn't sustain, it doesn't nourish, it doesn't accomplish any of the purposes for which God intended it. And so those were hard things for me to admit. That it was, is it was hard. not fun. Yeah. It was not fun. And so I will say the book is not kind of your curl up in bed kind of read because it's that in the trenches story it's not of a beach going, read. I'm, I'm I'm sick of me. I'm sick to death of this, of me. From transparency to transformation. Yeah. What? How would you just? You said that you were describing sanctification in here. What is that? What's yeah. your description? How does that look? Um, the sanctification. It could be a big word. Yeah, for it is a big people. word. Yeah. It is a big word. And the way we look at it is that once we become a believer in Christ, so sanctification is not applicable if you've never for submitted sure. to Jesus. But once you become um, a child of God and you have submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ, His goal is not for you to be the best version of yourself, but His goal is to crucify you so that he might live. And so the question is, do I live, do I look, and do I love more like Jesus today than I did yesterday? Do I live, do I look, do I love more like Jesus now than I did in 2018, 2017? And I realized as I was working through this that I had to honestly go, I don't. Hmm. I really don't. I'm setting the same spiritual resolutions every January. Sometimes again in August when my kids go back to school and it feels like a brand new, fresh kind of year. My confessions of sin are the same things over and over and over again. And so I'm I'm not seeing sanctification happen. Hmm. And so I had to go, okay, wh- what am I missing? And that's really where I got to was that it was self-help. Hmm. It was self-help. So um, I will share this as people often ask, what's a what's a practical thing that came out of writing the book? And so I would share this because it's been maybe one of the most transformational things that I've done in the last few years. Because you, this book came out in spring of 2019. Yeah. So you were writing in spring of 18? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I discovered that one of the main ways the Holy Spirit sanctifies us is through conviction of sin. And I think... I don't think I'm alone in this. I think this is true in a lot of contemporary church culture. I don't think we talk about conviction a whole lot. Um, and I realized that I didn't confess sin often. And here's what I mean by that. I would say, God, I'm sorry I failed you today and I really wanna do better. So will you help me tomorrow look more like Jesus? I just, I wanna be more faithful. And what I discovered is that generic confession leads to generic obedience. And I wasn't seeing traction because I was just asking God to forgive me of sin. Well, that makes me feel good because I don't have to really get in the trenches in the gr- about what gritty. that is. Yeah. And so I began to every evening try and list out my sin. Now, you guys, it is not fun. It's not fun that at all. That sounds miserable. But I would say, Lord, I went out with my girlfriends tonight and I gossiped. And I know that that was not lovely. It was not pure. It was not Christ exalting. And so the next time we're together— 
and I am tempted to gossip, I want your Holy Spirit to bring overwhelming conviction in my life. And so the next time I was with those girlfriends and we started to gossip, the Holy Spirit in me goes, hey, 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 remember we talked about this? He did Do you remember job. that we talked yeah. about this? Uh-huh. Yeah. And so what I discovered is that specific confession leads to specific obedience. And so that has been a practical thing that is different because I want to be more holy. So I don't want to just kind of be like, oh, sin today, so will you make me more like Jesus? I try to be really honest when I'm a glutton, when I am materialistic, when I am lustful, when I, and I share this in the book, like I have, I can't watch a lot of Hallmark movies um, because I will inevitably think, why isn't Chad more romantic? Because my husband is many things, but romantic is not one yeah. of them. Be like, why doesn't he bring me flowers? Mm-hmm. I mean, the man will do seven loads of laundry in For a weekend, sure. but yeah. I'll be mad that he doesn't bring me flowers. Right. What? Yeah. So anyway, it's those types of things, but I had to start naming those sins so that I was more attuned to the Holy Spirit yeah. when he began to convict. You know, it's funny. We talk about lusting after and watching a movie where it's not what yeah. we would consider a typical yeah. lustful not movie. Not sexy, sexy no, stuff. No, not sexy yeah. stuff. Um, I think that's a really big deal. And I think it's like amazing that you were able to acknowledge that because I think there are so many situations where we will watch things, listen to things, read things um, that cause us to be jealous, to mm-hmm. be envious, yeah. to think that we don't get enough mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. God or our spouse yeah. or our children yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, I've had those moments too yeah. where I it's l- not fun. listen to a song and think, huh. Yeah, was, it's what I have to be. This is true. I, I I stopped listening to country music for a long time because there were ballads that would. I, I mean, you know, and I would just think. I mean, I just want to be loved. Like, I mean, what a load of malarkey! Like, I have a dude who shows up every day, day in and day out, to love me, to provide for me, to take care of me, to take care of our boys, who does the laundry and unloads the dishwasher without being asked. True story. Every single Saturday, Chad gets up and says, "What do you need for me today?" What can I do for you today? Everyone Every in the car single is going, Saturday. Come Every, on, Whitney. But yet I'm going, he's just not romantic. I mean, that's so lame. Yeah. It really is. Uh-huh. But I had to name the sin yep. uh-huh. before I could see how toxic it was yeah. in my life. And I'm not, like I said, I'm embarrassed to be like, I, I will still watch Hallmark Christmas movies. So if don't at me if you yeah, see yeah. me post yeah, yeah. them in December. No. But I'm much more cautious and that's, attentive. Yeah to the Holy Spirit and what's happening yeah. inside of me. When I think I'm that's them. one of the greatest things that we can do for ourselves is to be aware of the things that will take us out. Yeah. 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 That's a good word. And I have become more aware of the things that will take me out in the past couple of years. And t- my friends know, my husband knows, um, and it almost gives you permission to say like, how, where are you with this? Mm-hmm. And if it were like, we keep saying this example and it's a really true example, but it, it, it feels like not a big deal, but we know for some people it could be, but if you're, if your friends are like, every time I talk to you, you're watching a Hallmark movie. How are you doing? We should like, talk about what? that. Yeah, yeah, we should talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really good to kind of name mm-hmm. what's going to take me out. Mm-hmm. That's such a good word. And I need to know at the forefront of my mind, this is going to take me out. I need to be aware. Absolutely. What a, and what a great word for people who are like, I want that kind of community. Show up next time at Girls Night Out. Don't talk about The Bachelorette. Be like, hey, this is the thing that keeps tripping me up. Yeah. Let's talk about that for mm-hmm. a little while. And listen, I know we always be like, nobody wants to be the buzzkill, but listen, Somebody has to step up and say, hey, let's make, listen, we can talk about all that stuff later, but let's make this time really valuable for us. I always say that vulnerability breeds vulnerability. Yes. And so what I've noticed is that in the friendships that I've developed that are like this, it usually takes just one person saying, hey guys, I want to talk about Mm -hmm. 
fill in the blank about something a little bit deeper to make those deeper relationships. And it's scary. Yeah. Also, because tell me if this has happened to you. I've been burned by that. Oh, oh yes. Without question. Yeah. And I had somebody ask me this not long ago. She was like, I don't think my friends will do that. And I said, let me just tell you, I think there's going to be a group of friends. If you pray for them, I do believe the Lord will send them. But there are some people with whom you experience intimacy and vulnerability. There are some people with whom you merely model it because they're not ready. Oh, that's good. And so you have to go, I think God wants me to be vulnerable with them, and that's a major risk. So easy to say, hard to live. I get that. Yeah. But I do think there are people for whom we need to model these spiritual maturity elements so that they can go, I may not be there, but I've seen it. Mm. I'd like to get there. And so, yeah, you may be wounded in that, um, but I think that speaks more of them than it does of you. Yeah. And we're not always called to do that, but um, I think for some of us, God might be going, hey, would you begin to model that mm. in your community? Because your plastic friends may need to see it. Yeah, And we get to do this as parents. You and I are both parents and anyone that's listening. Yes. And that is um, difficult and sometimes yes. to do because there mm-hmm. is this, you also have level of authority, a mm-hmm. lot of authority over your mm-hmm. children. And there's kind of figuring out that dance of representing what it really looks like to listen to the yes. Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um and then still being their mm-hmm. parental authority figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, you know, I have three teenage boys, and that's kind of this dance that we're learning at our house. We're just getting into that. Yeah. Is what Tell does that even things. look like? Yeah. How do you mm-hmm. do that? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, we're yeah. just like, I hope that my kids can remember their mom telling them that they're sorry and here's how I messed up. Yes. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I could obviously probably do that more. Mm-hmm. Um, but just also letting our kids in on just even things that God's teaching us, mm-hmm. that's new for us right now. Mm-hmm. And so we're starting mm-hmm. to figure out how what mm-hmm. that looks like. I think when parents talk about how do you extend the faithfulness of God and kind of their intimacy with the Lord in your children, we know that we are losing, like we're past majority. It's an obscene amount of a high percentage of students who are walking away from their faith in yeah. their college years. I mean, it's it's terrifying. Yeah. But I think if we want to think about what's our role in making sure that their faith is theirs and that it is genuine is that they have to see genuine faith right. at home. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that is cracked. Sometimes yep. that is broken. Um, but to see that the gospel is making me better. I hope, like you, I hope that's what my boys would say is my mom's a better mom now than she was five yeah. years ago. I yeah. hope five years from now, they'll be like, yeah, I remember she used to lose her junk pretty regularly, yeah. but she's more patient. Yeah. Now she's more thoughtful. She's I more think forgiving. For me, would be remembering to tell them why. Yes. Yeah. Does that make sense? Take that time. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. To, to acknowledge the uh-huh. work that the Holy Spirit's doing in my life. Yeah. You know, I thought about this earlier when you were talking, and I wanted to tell you, my mom used to tell me that she would. Um, oh, she. So I think a Sunday school teacher of hers said this one time, and then my mom started saying it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that she told me this often, but when I got when I was in college, mm-hmm. and I just had a lot of things happen where mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. not, I wasn't a Christian, but just making mm-hmm. some bad choices. But my mom said she used to always pray that I would get caught in every sin. Mm. And I remember even when you were talking earlier about, you know, the Holy Spirit guiding us mm-hmm. and all those kind of things. And there have been many a times when something has come up with my boys. And I looked at one of them just recently and said, I'm really glad you got caught. Yes. Because mm-hmm. what would have happened had this gone That's on right. for two years? Yeah. You know, or what would this have looked like? Mm-hmm. And I think I want to remember that for myself. Yeah. Even we're asking the Holy Spirit to convict us mm-hmm. and for us to listen to that. 
To see it as a win. Yes, exactly. I love how you framed it. Yeah, yeah. to see it's it a as win. A, what would have happened had this not mm-hmm. gotten caught? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. How far would this have gone? gone? Yes. We've seen that, which is people that we've talked to who are walking through hard stuff and mm-hmm. go, praise God this happened this way. That's right. Yeah. Where would you be five years from now? Yeah. Imagine a generation of Christ followers who believed and lived that conviction is a gift. How would that change our relationship with the Holy Spirit? You know? Mm. I think we'd see a lot of abiding kind of fruit. I think we'd see a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm even, this sounds like I'm being cheesy, but I'm even convicted within the midst of our conversation Mm -hmm. of, man, when's the last time I woke up? Let's just do this. When's the last time I woke up and said, God, I want you to convict me like crazy Mm -hmm. today. And Mm -hmm. he will. That's what he does. does. But for me to ask for it, willingly to say, I want whatever Mm -hmm. it takes me to look more like you. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a scary prayer. It is a scary prayer. And I think sometimes we forget that it's a necessary prayer. So Mm -hmm. while I have been forgiven of all my sins, that's absolutely theologically true, what I've been forgiven and spared of is the eternal punishment. But we still live in a broken and fallen world where the temporal, the right now consequences of those sins can be catastrophic, not to mention the spiritual consequences of those sins. So don't hear Jamie and I say that we have not been forgiven of sin. That is true. I am a Christ follower. And when God looks at me, He sees the righteousness of Christ. But I think we forget that there's a lot of Whitney residue left in my life, and that residue can jack up some stuff. And that's what we're talking about. It can affect people. That's right. And generations. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, I don't want anybody to hear us or misunderstand that we we are 100% completely forgiven. I am the daughter of a king. sought after. Um, That is my identity. But I do think sometimes we lean too far into that identity. And we, if we're, if we get gut honest, we're hiding behind it, so we don't have to admit the own, our own sin that still kind of mars what Jesus looks like to a lost and dying That's world. Good. Yeah. I remember one time I said to a friend, I was like, ah, I don't need to worry about that. There's grace that covers that. And she let me have it up and down, and she, I deserved mm-hmm. it. But that's that idea of, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Jesus forgave me. I just had this conversation with um, my second son, Dylan, this week. I said, listen, buddy, let me just tell you that grace covers repentance Grace does not cover regret. Ooh. Regret is, I'm sorry, I got caught. Grace for sure does not cover rebellion, which is, I don't care. That's just the way I'm made. I'm just going to suffer. Like, grace doesn't cover rebellion. Grace does not cover regret. Grace covers repentance, which is, I'm sorry, and I don't want to be this way anymore. And that's really important for us to be like, you can't merely be, which, if we're honest, that's probably how most of us show up in our vulnerable state is, I want to name it so you don't call it out in me, or I want to name oh, it. I call it first. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah, yeah. You can't find that, out anything. Whatever. Yeah. It's probably regret more than it is repentance, and Ooh, I don't good. think grace covers that. Now, I, listen, y'all. I may be completely wrong about that, so feel free to at me. Whitney but I think it's repentance. AOL dot com. That's right. <laughs> Thank you for that. That's exactly right. You nailed it. How did you know? There it is. There That's it right. is. That's exactly right. Um, I re- I have experienced times in my life of. The I am just saying I'm sorry because I got oh, caught. Yeah, and regular I regret. Yeah, and then other times where I'm like I've done the same exact thing and I am so repentive mm-hmm. and I can feel the difference mm-hmm. in my heart yeah. and my soul. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Whitney, I am. Um, I love this message. Thanks, it is the heartbeat friend. of my um, what I want to scream to women yeah. as well mm-hmm. in my own life personally. Thanks. So sick of me, you can get it anywhere and Thank super you. cute cover too. Who is that? Do you know it? that? I don't. But the B and H team. Killed it. But I'm a first-time author. So when they're like, what do you, I was like, I don't know. First of all, I didn't I know you were know. a first-time author. Yeah. And I never thought I'd be an author. I wanted, so my dream in life was to do curriculum and video. That was my dream. Uh-huh. 
And for years, people were like, oh, that's precious. Uh-huh. But um, only Beth right. only does that. Like yep. you have to write, before you can do curriculum, you have to write a book. And so I was like, well, all right, then I misunderstood. That's not God's call in my uh-huh. life. And that's cool. Yeah. Now, I wasn't cool with it at first. I was like, oh, God's never going to use me. Yeah. But eventually I did get very cool. I was like, Lord, that's okay. That That's fine. Um, and so when we ended up, what I pitched that you hold as a book, I pitched as curriculum. The curriculum team read it and went, hey, we think there's a book here. So I was as shocked as anybody else when we went in and sat down. And that's what it is. I so, love it so much. So, so do you have curriculum that goes with this? So we have curriculum that's called We Over Me. We Over Me looks at um, sanctification from a congre- from a congregational perspective. For the church, yeah. For the church. So Sick of Me is you and that small group of people, community, mm-hmm. where We Over Me looks at what that that context is within the church, our part to play in that. And yeah. listen, if you don't love the church, I wrote it during a season when I was not real happy with the bride. Okay. She had been a bridezilla. Yeah. And I was out, like I was ready to be out. And um, I worked through all of that. And I think Jesus has some really powerful things to say to us about the churches in those letters in Revelation. So that's where we go. And that's I love what it's it. for. Yeah. I love it. Fun. Okay. Well, I ask everyone three things you're loving and what you're I reading. I love it. Yes. What okay. do you got? All right. So one thing I'm loving um, because hashtag 40, well, hashtag 41 now. But Tula came out with this under eye cream. It's a stick okay. that you rub under your eyes uh-huh. and it kind of kind of tingles a little bit and mm. it's shiny and it wakes you up. And I'm not gonna lie to you, this tired mama. You have it in your purse right I now? I have it, yes. I'm Yes, I'm so gonna show it to you. Yeah, it is, you have to show it to me. I'm, like, we'll put it on in a minute. It, it It's so, like, it really, it, it's cooling. Uh-huh. And so it starts to tingle under your eyes and y'all, I mean, I, I will shout it from the heavens. Okay. Hashtag 40. Okay. Love it. Blesses my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm reading right now um, Counterfeit Gospels by Trevin Wax. Um, it's not a super recent book, but it's fantastic. It's so, so, so good. And then this is this is funny. So um, I have a membership group called Simple Seminary where we teach women theology. So women who maybe— Wait, you own this? Yeah. Yeah, my I'd dad and I do it together. I've never heard about this yeah, my entire yeah. life. It's, I've, we've only been doing it a year, uh, but my dad and I teach it together. And so if somebody has wanted to go to seminary, but either God said no, which is my story, wanted to go to seminary and God said no, or maybe you don't have the money or the resources or the time, we teach theology in just bite-sized chunks. How do I sign up? So, oh, friend, I will get you signed up. It, it's, it is without a doubt one of my favorite things to do, but we just Going to seminary night, is on my list every year. Well, this is- I'm so going to eventually. In, in year one, so we just finished 101, we did- um, theology proper, Christology, pneumatology. We did bibliology, which is the big idea of scripture. And then we covered the seven covenants. So we talked about meta narrative, the big idea of scripture, Genesis to Revelation. And then we did the Adamic covenant, the Noahic covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, the Mosaic covenant, the Davidic covenant, and the new covenant. Then we did um, ecclesiology, which is the doctrine of the church. Last night, we did eschatology. You did all that in one year? In a year. You do one a month. So we just did one thing a month. And so it's like 45 minutes of teaching. And so you just listen to the video. We have questions that you answer. And then we do a live Q&A where you get to ask us questions. And that's what we did last night. So all that to say, I'm knee deep right now in Revelation. And I I really think it's my new favorite book of the Bible. Like, I, I love it so, so much because we can sometimes miss 
in all the symbolism and the imagery and the timelines that Jesus is the centerpiece of revelation. Right. And there's a call to live urgently for the gospel. Now I can geek out on all the literally, it was, it was an hour and 10 minutes on premillennialism, postmillennialism and amillennialism. A lot of isms. Uh, it's, cra- yeah. it's crazy, but it was so fun because I'm not, I'm not a scholar. My dad is, uh-huh. he has, he has two doctorates. So I bring, he's the heavy, uh-huh. but I'm the regular gal. So yeah. I just get to be like, hang on. Say that again. Uh-huh. Um, so we had so much fun. So that's the thing I'm living. Isn't your dad your pastor? He is my for pastor. years and years and years. He's been my only pastor. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. When can people sign up for this? So if they will go to WhitneyCaps.com, we they can sign up for my newsletter, and I'll let them know when we're opening registration. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, this is amazing. Thanks. It's it. I won't. It's super fun. The feedback has been really overwhelming because I think women do want to understand theology, and we say at Simple Seminary. We say simple not because seminary is simple. Studying God's Word is not simple, but it comes from that passage in Acts where it says they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, but that they had been with Jesus. And some translations say simple, and I am a very simple woman, but I believe the Bible is accessible, accessible for any woman. It's not easy, but it is accessible. And so we just want to hold your hand and hold you accountable if you've always wanted to learn theology. That's amen, what we amen, it's amen. It's fun. It's super fun. I did an intensive discipleship. We did a lot of theology uh, in my church about eight years ago. It changed mm. my life. Yeah. And I went into it doing it because I thought I should. Yeah. Uh, my husband's a pastor. Mm-hmm. had some friends doing mm-hmm. it. And I was like a walking billboard for them the next year because the first semester, I literally, this is embarrassing. And it's embarrassing knowing what I do now that at that time in my life, I thought, I don't know why I need to learn these things. Mm-hmm. Aaron tells me, like I sound like a 1950s sure. wife. No, Aaron says it, so I believe it. Please, women, that is not mm-hmm. how we mm-hmm. study God's word based mm-hmm. on what our pastor mm-hmm. says or our husband or our daddy. Mm-hmm. You get to study it for yourself. Mm-hmm. So I went in just super like, I don't know why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And I left. This was the best year of my life. Mm-hmm. I think I don't want women to feel confident in themselves when they study scripture but if simple seminary helps women believe that the Holy Spirit actually wants you to get it right, that's a win. You you don't need me or anybody else to help you understand God's Word. Now, I am pro-seminarian, so I have scholars and seminarians in my life who are making sure that what I'm studying and learning is truth, but that is but accessible for you. All by yourself. We have access to the That's Father, right. which is one of the greatest exactly things about our right. faith is mm-hmm. that we don't have to go yeah. to someone else yeah. to reach Him. We get and it to makes do that. me sad when women don't know. They feel so insecure that they close their Bible. Yeah. That's so sad. And so I just well, want women now, to dig in. Well, now, I hope so. Yeah, it's, that'd be awesome. We'd love to help you. I'm glad you dropped that bomb on us hey, here at thanks, the end. Friend. Thanks, Thanks. Yeah. one of my favorite things to do. Thanks for joining me on the happy hour. Hey, I loved it. You're rad. You're this rad. This was so fun. So, so fun. Thank you. Okay, guys, I have some good news for you. Whitney is opening up Simple Seminary registration early for listeners of The Happy Hour. So right now, for the next few days, Happy Hour listeners can sign up early for the Winter 2020 Class of Simple Seminary. Official classes begin in January, but you will have immediate access to teachings on the Simple Seminary site. And in December, Whitney and her father, Dr. Alan Posey, are offering a bonus teaching on the theology of the Immaculate Conception. Follow the link in the show notes to simpleseminary.org and sign up. As a special offer for Happy Hour listeners, when you sign up, you'll automatically get access to a bonus teaching on the theology of baptism and a free Christmas lock screen for your phone. I'm a member of Simple Seminary and I love it. I'd love to have you join me there. Visit simpleseminary.org to sign up. 
Did I tell you or did I not tell you guys, Whitney is full of truth, love, and so much encouragement for the church. I love how honest and direct our conversation was. When Whitney said, hustle will never take you where the hand of God will, oh, I was like, yes, I feel this in my bones, especially when it seems that all the messaging around us is to do more and be better and work harder. There's something powerful in what she shared that is a checkpoint for us to all measure. Working hard and doing things with excellence is not bad, but is our motivation to hustle for our own glory? Are we so busy that we forget God is the one leading and in control over our next steps? I was convicted to look at this in my own life, and my prayer is that you too would reflect on this conversation. Today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper, and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Aki Slackers, and the whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. Next week, my guest is my friend Susie Davis. Susie has been on the show forever ago. She was episode number 48. Go listen to it because at the end of the episode, we basically had just a counseling session where Susie was my counselor and I started crying. Well, this happens every time I'm around her. I was recently with Susie in Charleston. Both of us were attending our mutual friend, Amy Hannon. You know, you might know her as Una Mays on her food tour of Charleston. And y'all, within the first hour I was with Susie, we had this amazing like session. It wasn't, we're friends. And I was crying and she was encouraging me and she's just so encouraging. She's an author. She's a pastor's wife. She's a mother to adult children. She's a grandmama. And let me tell you, she's so much fun. If you wanna see how much fun Susie Davis is before you listen to the show, Go to my Instagram page, go to the highlights of Charleston, and you're going to see Susie Davis leading a dance party around a kitchen after we had a cooking class. It was so much fun. All right, you guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend. Have a happy hour with a friend. I will see you guys back here next week with my friend Susie Davis. Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode.